Entrepreneurship is not for the faint of heart. You're the first one in, last one out, and you do whatever it takes to succeed. Nonetheless, 25 million Americans have chosen the entrepreneurial life because it's equal parts demanding and fulfilling. Welcome to the People First, Then Profit podcast. Join hospitality veteran, photographer, and entrepreneur Don Mamoni each week as he hosts a candid, no-holds-barred conversation with successful business owners and entrepreneurs eager to share their professional secrets with you. Like his crazy Italian family does on Sunday nights, he's serving up a healthy portion of inspiration, motivation, and education, so I hope you're hungry. Now, here's your host, Don Mamoni. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the People First, Then Profit podcast. I am so excited to be joined today by Jacqueline Wales. Jacqueline is the chief fearless leader of her company. She has written many books, and she's going to talk to us today about how you can be fearless in your work and in life. Thanks for being here, Jacqueline. Hey, my pleasure. Great to be here. How are you today? Everything well? Oh, everything's great. Everything's great. Just had a birthday yesterday, so hey, another year down. Let's Happy birthday. I can't believe you're 35 already. Again. <laughs> Again, uh, we're going to start today, Jacqueline, by reading your bio so people know a little bit about where you're from and how unbelievably well credentialed you are to be talking about fearlessness today. And then we're going to jump right into your journey and some questions that I think that the audience are going to benefit from. Okay. Perfect. An astute observer of behavior, Jacqueline Wales is endlessly fascinated by the messiness of being human and finds people who are vulnerable and honest about their struggles incredibly interesting and courageous. As the author of When the Crow Sings, The Fearless Factor, and recently published The Fearless Factor at Work, she explored human behavior and asked tough questions to discover hard truths for more than 35 years. Growing up in the school of hard knocks, she witnessed firsthand many of the conditions that sabotage a person's ability to succeed. This experience has helped her enormously. While observing and talking with thousands of people over several decades, She's come to understand that the challenges we all confront are not much different, no matter who you are or what you're doing in life. The first half of her life was spent wandering and wondering as a writer, a singer, and a global nomad who lived and traveled three continents. She developed a passion for martial arts, earning a black belt in karate, and now is an avid CrossFit athlete. She's also an active co-partner in a long-term marriage and along the way became the mother of four children who have grown up to be amazing adults. Jacqueline believes in the power of being fearless to create the career and life you want. Jacqueline, I read that bio when we first started talking about you coming on this podcast. And I this doesn't happen easily because I've had the fortunate opportunity to meet a lot of humans along my 44 years. Yep, just dropped the age, not embarrassed. You are exceptional. That is an unbelievable story professionally and personally. Well, thank you, Don. I appreciate that. Um, I certainly feel like I've lived uh, an interesting life, um, you know, and to drop ages, you know, which I'm not embarrassed by either. I just reached the age of 69 and I'm like, hello, how did I get here? <laughs> and you're so still a avid CrossFit athlete, which and I love. I'm an avid CrossFit athlete. In fact, yesterday I did 150 sit-ups. So oh my goodness. go do that. <laughs> this leads us directly into, and you have purposely, uh, perfectly teed up this concept of being fearless. And I think by extension, 
exploring vulnerability and honesty with yourself, with others. I'm really excited to dig into it. So you've told us in your bio a little bit about your global nomadness and all of the traveling and all of the things you've seen. Tell us a little bit about your journey before we get into some questions. So the journey began in Scotland. Um, and as I, I know, you've been to Scotland and, and had a fabulous experience there, uh, but I couldn't wait to leave. Um, oh. I was 16 years old when I said, enough already, I'm out of here, because mm-hmm. I had grown up in a family that was extremely damaging, frankly, uh, oh. alcoholism, violence, all kinds of stuff. So um, I, I left home in search of, of myself, I think, but along the way, there was an awful lot of adventures that led me in the wrong direction. Um, and so part of that, that wandering and wandering piece uh, has really kind of been with me my entire life, frankly. Um, and so starting in Scotland, and then, you know, as we wandered along, went down to London, I was in London for quite a few years. And that's really where I started to get a handle on who I was and what I wanted in life. Um, and then eventually I moved to San Francisco. Again, the fearlessness piece is pretty clear. I went there with $1,800 and a backpack, and I knew nobody. And I was like, I'm going to mm-hmm. figure this out. So I ran into my now husband, who's been with me for over 40 years, and uh, that was that. And he took me on another adventure. So, you know, there, there's been this succession of stuff, but it wasn't until I was in my late 30s, um, early 40s, when I started to really grab a hold of what I was capable of doing, and that was the writing, the singing, uh, martial arts, you name it. You know, I took all that up in my 40s. Which is amazing because in uh, a lot of people's, I think, experiences and thoughts, they would think, wow, that's that's later in life. And you were literally just in your prime hitting your stride as you went from your 30s to 40s. And here you are at 69, continuing to crush it. It gives an unbelievable amount of encouragement, I bet you, to the audience that's listening right now. Well, I, I would hope so, because you know my thing about being fearless is be fearless, see where it gets you. That's my tagline uh, for my business because I truly believe that you know fear is primarily imagination-based. We make shit up in order to put a label on the stuff that we're uncomfortable with. And you know, being fearless is really about having the courage to take the next step. And that's such a big piece of why I do the work I do. And I'm basing it on my experience of life, frankly. I, you know, I walk the talk. I've been there, I've done that. You know, I, people come to me with all kinds of issues and I go, uh-huh, yeah, recognize it, been there, done that. You know, and I have the wisdom of, of the years to be able to say, yeah, you might be 44 or 45 and you might be feeling like, you know, maybe now I need to think about, you know, what am I going to do with my life? Because it's not going in the direction I want it to go. Um, well, trust me, that kind of continues for a long time. But when you do hit your stride, it becomes powerful. And that's what happened to me when I found the fearless factor. I uh, adore the fact that you speak from a place of experience because it's so critical and so important whenever you're guiding others for you to seem relatable and relevant to them. And you sort of touched on it, but my first question for you, because everything in your life, all the books that you've written, all the experiences you've have, do harken back to and draw back to this concept of fearlessness. What is, or how do you define fearlessness? Well, like I said earlier, defining fearlessness is easy for me. You feel the uncertainty. You feel like the discomfort. You feel like that knot in the stomach, the sweaty palms, the you know, the stuff in their head that's running circles around you. 
and the willingness to say, I feel this, but I'm going to take the next step and see what happens. And that is, you know, I've lived my life by the seat of my pants a lot. You know, I never went into corporate because I knew that my maverick mindset would never settle well by following the rules and being somebody else's lackey, frankly. Um, so I, I've chosen a very independent lifestyle. And um, that's been a good and a bad thing in many ways, mm-hmm. you know, because when you hang yourself out to dry, you have some failures. In fact, you might have a lot of failures. And failure is something that people fear a lot. I hear this over and over again. What's your greatest fear? Failure. Okay. So, you know, this is a piece that I think people need to understand. We're failing our way to success. And it's, it's very simple. You know, make mistakes, fail, get up, get on with it again. Biggest failure is failure to try. And that's one thing I've always done is try. It's like my little kids. When they say, I don't want to taste that. And I go, okay, you have to take one bite. Take one bite. And if mm-hmm. you really don't like it, fair enough, I won't force it on you. But you got to taste it. And that's what I say about fear. You got to taste the other side of this. You mm. Taste the courage in order yeah. for you to feel that, yeah, you're capable. So I think that that some people uh, convolute it and think that that they have to try to abolish fear or they have to live in an absence of fear. And in your world, fearlessness is not the absence of fear. It's literally acknowledging the fear and finding the courage to take the steps around it, above it, through it, whatever it takes to get to that next level. So I, I think that adds a lot of context, right? To people yeah. to have the opportunity to not allow fear to win because it doesn't have to go away. You just have to find the courage, be stronger than it. So when you think about people who get stuck, you know, why are you stuck? Well, you're stuck because you're not taking the the next decision. You're not taking any action. You're not really forcing yourself, if you like, to think beyond your current circumstances. I mean, let's face it, when you start something new and, you know, think about when you first started your podcast, you didn't know if this was going to work or not but you were willing to give it a shot. You figured there was somebody out there who was willing to listen to this or that, you know, you had something important to say. Um, One of the things about being fearful is that you don't take ownership of your authority. You don't take ownership of your potential. And so we play small. We, We don't really develop ourselves to the fullest extent. Now, I know that change is hard. I mean, I've gone through enough changes of my own over the years. But I also know that if I don't take the steps necessary to take that, you know, go to that place where I'm uncomfortable, then nothing happens. I'll give you a good example. I was invited to be a cantor for synagogues in Paris and Amsterdam when I lived there. Now, when the cantor, the the, the rabbi came to me for the first time and he said, we need a cantor for the high holidays. And I said, what do I know about Jewish liturgy? He said, you can learn. And I said, well, what do you want me to learn? And he said, I don't know, just go find some music, you know, make it make it happen. So I immediately go into, oh, my God, you know, just because I can sing doesn't mean to say I can do this, because this is pretty significant. These are like the high holidays. These mm-hmm. are a you know, big deal. So I go and I do find the music through my old cantor back in Los Angeles. And uh, three and a half months, I ate, slept, and breathed cantorial music until I felt enough that I could get up on the bima. But on my first night out, I had an earbud in my my ear and an MP3 player. And I was listening to the melodies on the MP3 player so that I could stay on track. And was Mm -hmm. I terrified? 
absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I ended up doing that for five years and it was some of the most profound experiences musically of my life in doing that. So, but there, the fear was there, you know, can I do this? It wasn't that I couldn't sing. I knew I could sing. I'd been trained professionally, mm-hmm. but I needed to push myself beyond that comfort zone. Which is interesting because it's a perfect segue. That's first, that's an amazing story. I mean, that's, that's one of those times when you can really crystallize what's possible when you can mitigate fear. Mm-hmm. And, and the next question that we're going to talk about is how does fear impact the entrepreneurial journey? And in, in our pre-frame, when we talked about this and you've just now led into it perfectly, you feel as though most people's fear causes them to take too little risk to not step out far enough. So talk to me about that. As an entrepreneur, and I've been in that place for quite some time, you have to take an awful lot of risks. And I'll start by telling you my acronym for risk, which is to respect your intention and show courage. So we're coming back to that word courage again, very important. But as an entrepreneur, when you think about your vision mm-hmm. and you think about that's what I want out there and you've got this, this whole thing going on, if you're not willing to fail, if you're not willing to step forward and say, this might work, or you're not willing to ask for what you want, which is a big problem for a lot of people. Somehow you're expected to do it all by yourself. Instead of saying, I've got this going on, can you help me? That becomes a big piece of it. But that entrepreneurial spirit is very much along the lines of, fear is the the sharp edge of excitement. Mm. So think about that particular idea for a moment. Fear is the sharp edge of excitement. Mm-hmm. Entrepreneurs who fail aren't pushing that edge far enough. They play in the safe zone. They play in that place that says, well, I can control whatever it is, but you have to put yourself beyond the control. I'm going to just see what happens. I'll give you another example. This mm-hmm. year, I've regenerated my entire brand. I had a period of about two years where it just kind of went dormant and everything was just kind of going along and going along, nothing major. But this year I decided I really want to claim the fearless factor again and really make it something significant. So I started writing my book. I redesigned a website. I hired a marketing person. I hired an instructional designer. I had to spend a shitload of money, frankly, in order to make that happen. Now, do I know that that's going to come back to me? Uh, am I guaranteed that'll come back to me? Absolutely nope. not. But I've invested in this and I believe that what I'm creating is badly needed out in the world. Mm-hmm. So as an entrepreneur, I have to believe that what I'm doing is worth the risk. And a lot of entrepreneurs fail because they don't really believe that they're capable. So that was the takeaway that I just was ruminating over and sort of geeking out over is that faith and belief in yourself, in the people you serve, in your concepts, that, that, that is one of the best ways to combat the fear is to basically accept that you could be a failure and do it anyway. Yeah. And yeah. I have to say that I am a huge believer in the importance of branding and establishing an identity and a culture. And so in when I group coach or when I individually coach people that are struggling with direction and with finding that perfect client and, and sharing their mission and their message, oftentimes it comes back to branding. So I just want to, uh, in the most 
respectful and kindest ways applaud you on recognizing that you had stalled out, that branding is an organic, like ongoing living, breathing process that you have to pour into continually to make sure that you're staying on top of your game. Yeah. I mean, you know, when I first started this gig back and I was in my fifties when I started this. Um, so again, age wise, I was 54 when I started something called the fearless fifties. And it was the idea of working with midlife women to help them claim their, their space because the given, 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 and that was their time. Um, that eventually segued into writing the book, The Fearless Factor, and that became the brand. And building that brand with, again, no experience whatsoever was just figuring it out, you know. And mm -hmm. I spent a shitload of money on stuff I didn't need. I spent a shitload of money on, on programs and conferences and so forth that I really wasn't ready for. Um, but I also got a lot of coaching. And mm -hmm. it was my coaches that I hired who were slowly, slowly leading me into the right direction. Because this is what I was saying earlier is ask for help, you know. And a lot of people go, I can't afford it. Okay, well, if you can't afford it, figure out how to afford it because it's not about the money. It really mm -hmm. is about the money. It's about your mindset. It, I've said on this podcast multiple times, I've said it in Grooch and individual coaching. If I could go back and tell entrepreneurial me one thing 15 years ago, it would be that it's going to be hard. You have to work hard. You have to grind it out, but it doesn't have to be that hard. And I would have invested in people that had walked the path before me to give me the trade secrets, the shortcuts, the ways in which I could make it a little bit easier. So just to take a brief moment and acknowledge the listeners, if you're listening to our voices right now, please understand that there's people that have blazed a trail before you that have walked your walk. They have seen the challenges. They have overcome the hurdles. Pay them a fair rate to make your life a little bit easier because it will help literally, like you said, change your mindset and propel you forward at a rate that is fundamentally impossible for somebody who hasn't already walked the path. Yeah, 100%. Um, and I, you know, I can't stress that enough. And, and I, you know, we're probably going to talk about this, but, you know, there were six things that I learned in martial arts that, you know, I think are really guideposts for being an entrepreneur as well. And you wouldn't think that the martial arts and the entrepreneur mindset would, would match up, but they actually do. And uh, it's, it's really quite fundamental. So when you're ready for that, I'm happy to, to share it with you. I can literally feel and see the audience sitting on the edge of their seat. Let's not keep them waiting anymore. So you're a black belt in karate. You've learned things that you've applied from mastering that very precise art and you've applied them to your business. Go ahead and share them now. So I found that there were um, five or six points that really were essential to being in a fight. And that was how I framed it in the beginning. So if I'm in a fight in karate, I've got to be committed to that fight. I can't be one way in or, or not in. You've got to be all the way in. So there's your commitment. I've got to be focused on my opponent and I'm not looking at his arms or her arms and legs. I'm looking in her eyes because the eyes will tell you everything that's going on around. You can see everything. Uh, so you got to be focused. This, the third piece is discipline. I did thousands of hours of over and over and over again exercises. And then I had to have follow through. So somebody throws a punch. You've got to be able to follow it back you know, with either a kick or a punch. There's your follow through. 
then you got to be consistent. You got to know that you're taking the same actions over and over again because you know what the results will be. And then there's perseverance. You get knocked down, you get back up. You get knocked down, you get back up. So when you think about this commitment, focus, discipline, follow through, consistency, and perseverance, those six things are absolutely what you need as an entrepreneur if you're to succeed. Because if you don't have follow through, well, you might as well kiss it all goodbye. If you don't have consistency, and I will admit to being the most you know, inconsistent person. In fact, I used to see it as being a badge of honor. I was not consistent. Yeah. So yeah. consistency, you find out in the long run, is very much married to discipline. And mm -hmm. those two really bring it together. But the perseverance thing is really what what creates the the drive for you to know that I that didn't work out for me. I mean, if I think about all the years where I was like lean years, where you know, not making any money, not getting the clients, blah, blah, blah. I could have given up at that point in time. But I'm mm -hmm. still on this thing where I say my mission in life is to change the world one person at a time. And so what does that mean for me? Well, it means that if I can have an impact on someone's life through my coaching, through my teaching, through my group facilitations, whatever, and they go and they make a difference in someone else's life as a result of that, then we're changing the world. Uh, the idea that one impact has the proverbial rings on the water when you when you drop a pebble is one of my favorite concepts, right? It's it's the it's the embodiment of exponential impact. And so let's just distill out some of the amazing ideas you just shared. When you have these six things, I think it's fair to say that so the audience doesn't feel overwhelmed, you're never going to be, or very rarely are you going to be firing on all cylinders and operating at a level of excellence in all six. There are probably times where one is su just surprisingly better than the other. Is it fair to say, Jacqueline, that if you take stock routinely and find out where you're excelling and where maybe you have a weakness, that's how you can spend your efforts, right? So if your consistency is on point, but your perseverance is struggling, then you obviously can seek out resources, guidance, help, whatever it is to help you with that one that you're not performing at excellently. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we all have gaps. There's no question. In fact, I, my latest book, The Fearless Factor at Work, at the end of every section, I ask an awful lot of questions that are designed for you to self-reflect. And really think about, you know, how am I showing up in the world? How am I communicating with others? How am I building trust? Uh, you know, how am I building my, my awareness of other people and, and how I'm relating to other people? And there's gaps. There's always going to be gaps. Mm -hmm. So you're taking the time, and as you say, taking stock to step back and, and really reflect on that. And you know yourself, when people come to you for coaching, they are starting to get into that process and they want to know, uh, you know, here's my obstacles. How do I get beyond them? Uh, so I like to see the Fearless Factor workbook is done as a kind of virtual mentor because mm -hmm. asking you the questions that you might get asked by your mentor um, as you're trying to grow and develop and, and have that growth mindset, which you and I clearly contribute to or, you know, subscribe to. Yeah. yeah. I, well, I certainly subscribe to it and I like to contribute to it. And I hope, I hope that there's people out there that feel that I do. And before we move on to the last question today, I think that it's important to acknowledge that you used two of my favorite words earlier in the chat, and that's vulnerability and honesty. And I think that if we're 
truly being honest with ourselves. Vulnerability is a requirement of this process. And if we continue with your analogy and your experience in karate, when you step out onto that mat, you're unbelievably vulnerable. You're engaging in conflict mm -hmm. and you've done all the work, but you're placing yourself in a position of getting hurt or being hurt. You could be showing some of your weaknesses to your opponent. And in that is where they strike out and where you might find some failure or some need to go back into the dojo and learn. So all of these things kind of exist under the umbrella of a necessity to exhibiting vulnerability, yes? Yeah, absolutely. And here's the thing about vulnerability and, and Brene Brown speaks about it beautifully. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's a strength. You know, if, if I can admit to you that I don't know, here's the problem with a lot of people who are in leadership. They're afraid to say, I don't know. And if you're saying, I don't know, or I will find the information later, you know, it's like when you're on platform speaking and somebody gives you, throws something at you and you go, well, right now I actually don't have an answer for you, but mm -hmm. give me some time and I'll, I will, I'll get back to you. I'll make sure that I get, you know, more education on that subject. So this is a piece about being an entrepreneur. You're always educating yourself. There's never a moment. And to that piece of vulnerability, as you were talking about it, an example came up for me. And again, being on the mat, I was in a fight with someone. It was a woman and she was highly aggressive. She was definitely barreling into me. And I was doing my best. But at one point, I left my arms open and she went straight into my solar plexus. And I went down on the mat and I, was, I could hardly breathe. Mm -hmm. Now, we are not supposed to do that in class. You know, you're supposed to have some level of control when you do that. Um, and I, at the time, you know, felt like that really was uncalled for. She didn't mm -hmm. need to do that. But I also took the responsibility because I had left my arms open. Mm -hmm. so, therefore, I left myself open. She didn't control it. That was another issue, you know. But I yeah. said, my, my bad, I left myself open. But that vulnerability piece is the willingness to acknowledge that, yeah, I don't have all the answers. Um, I may not know where I'm going. I don't even know if I know how to get there. But I believe, and that's back to the point we made earlier, I believe that there's something here that is going to keep me moving forward, whether I have all the answers or not. Because frankly, you will never have all the answers. No matter who you are, what you're doing, we gain our experience and our credentials just simply by doing whatever we need to be doing. And so that vulnerability piece is really, really important. Um, be comfortable with it. And it brings about two other things that I'm a huge fan of that you just directly attacked and, and touched on and one that you sort of overtly did. And that's one is accountability is of the utmost importance and that no matter what happens, you can look and say, this was my portion of either the reason it succeeded or the reason it failed, right? She may have hit you harder than she should have, but you left yourself open and you acknowledge that and yeah. humility. Vulnerability requires a considerable amount of humility to look and say, I, I don't know the answer. I don't know the answer, but I'm certainly going to find it for you. I hope that people think that about the people that I surround myself, myself and the people I surround myself with, because nobody likes to know it all, except yeah, maybe, except maybe themselves. I mean, I might sound like I'm a know-it-all, but I, you know, I don't. I mean, it's just because I've had years of, of experience of dealing with this subject matter 
that um, I feel confident enough at this stage of my life to say, yeah, I do know what I'm talking about because been there, done that. You yeah. know, um, people will say to me, you know, what's your background? And I say, I have a PhD in life skills. And oh, somebody actually <laughs> said to me, where do you get that? I <laughs> to go live it. <laughs> the school of hard knocks is where you get that. The school chapter. of hard knocks, exactly. Okay, let's move into the last question before we wrap things up. So we talked about the importance of authenticity of minimizing and mitigating fear at work. So let's talk about authenticity for a moment. So who's the real you? You know, many of us walk through life based on what other people think of us, based on some kind of imprinting that was done at an early stage of your life as to who you should be uh, and what you can do. And many people fall into that trap of not understanding that I'm the unique me. So the authenticity is about, you know, are you real in your conversations? You know, if somebody says to you, how are you? And you go, I'm fine, but you're not actually fine. Mm -hmm. You're feeling like shit. But as we've said, you know, earlier in our conversation before we started, if you complain, nobody's listening. Um, but at the same time, you want to be able to acknowledge that. So the authenticity is really are you playing to your strengths? Are you understanding your weaknesses? Are you clear in your intent of what it is that you are doing in the world? And you make no excuses for it. Now I have to say, I meet a lot of people who make excuses for their existence. When you have authenticity, you do not make excuses for your existence. You are who you are, warts and all, because none of us are perfect. We are imperfect human beings. And again, to that vulnerability point, being authentic is also being willing to say, yep, this is me, warts and all. I adore that. I believe that if you bring the authentic, genuine you, there can no, you can, people can try to imitate you. They can't duplicate you. All of the wonderful sayings about exactly, I have a saying when I talk about branding and creating your identity and culture, and that's unique starts with you. And that's the, that's the only way you're going to be unique is if you em embrace your fingerprint, your DNA that yeah. you can put on the, everything that you do. So thank you for helping me ensure that that resonates uh, with the audience and listeners. And I just want to say a quick word on that, which is that, you know, you talk about in the branding and marketing world, the unique selling proposition. Um, I never could understand that until I realized that the unique selling proposition was me. Period. Yep. That's a hundred percent true because the, the beauty behind a, a, a sale that's invited is that the person wants it because of the unique brand promise you've made or business promise that you've made, right? People, people buy from and do business with and are surrounded by people that they like and they trust. And so, well, listen, this has been unbelievably educational for me. I'm confident it was unbelievably educational to the audience. I love that so much of what you have decided to share and impart on this world was based on not just a little bit, not just a month or two, not just even a year or two, but decades of your experience. And so Jacqueline, thank you for sharing that with us today. I know my audience is going to want to find you. So I'm going to put all of these links in the show notes, but they can find you on your website, which is the fearless factor at work. They can find you on Facebook and they can find you on LinkedIn. So I'm going to put all of those links most importantly, though, you're going to start a six-week fearless change program starting on January 26th. So I'm going to put that link. Do you want to tee that up and tell people what that looks like? 
Yeah, this is a six-week program that's designed to um, bring people into much clearer awareness of who they are, self-awareness, deal with their limiting beliefs, deal with their ability to communicate effectively. Uh, authenticity is a big piece of this and stepping into your authenticity as well as developing your resilience and, and your resourcefulness. As well. And to kind of put the little wrapping on this is how do you build your influence and how do you build your career and life the way that you want it to? And we're gonna do all of that in six weeks with some real concentrated content Plus there's three hours of individual coaching with me during that six weeks. And there's six hours of group facilitation where I will be there to, to have the conversations with you and with the other cohorts. And it's a small group forum. There's no more than eight people in each group because that's how we learn best. It's amazing. I know that everybody can benefit from that based on this conversation with you, no matter where they are, because I think fear is always something that we're dealing with, whether we're growing, scaling, just getting started, trying not to get stale to your experience with rebranding and whatnot, all of that can be fear-inducing. So if, um, if if you're interested, you can find that link in the show notes below. Jacqueline, I've taken to doing a really fun thing at the end of all of my podcasts, and it's I do a quick lightning round. I ask you fun, easy questions, and you're supposed to try to give me just your top of mind answer. Okay. You ready? Let's go. Are you fearless? Yes. <laughs> what? Who would be your favorite superhero? Um, Wonder Woman. Love that. What would your superpower be? That's that takes a little bit more time to answer. Top of the mind, I think probably my superpower is my common sense. That's what it is. Awesome. Your common sense woman. Uh, okay. So what is your favorite guilty pleasure? Can be a food, beverage, TV show experience? Oh, wine. <laughs> me, me too. Give especially me this time. Noir and I'm a very happy girl. <laughs> well, and you're just about where you need to be because between the central coast and the northern coast of California, that's some of we the best Pinot Noir. Great wine. So I had some last night for dinner. Mm. Gotta love that. Uh, and then lastly, this one's a little bit more serious, but what's your favorite thing about the new year as we start 2021 opportunity it's great isn't it it's just like you know everybody's going oh what's next year gonna look like i'm like i don't know but i know there's a lot of opportunity out there and i'm going for it 12 more months to crush it yes fearlessly let's do it jacqueline thank you so much for sharing your time your talent and your experiences with us we very much appreciated having you here uh, to those of you that are listening, thank you so much for being a part of the People First Then Profit Revolution. Jacqueline, any final words? I just really appreciate being here and, and have loved our conversation. It's been wonderful. So I hope it will be of help to your audience. I absolutely know it will. Thank you again, Jacqueline. With that, we'll let Adam Wilmore take us out of here. Thanks again. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to the People First in Profit podcast. If you like this episode, and I'm pretty sure you did, subscribe, review, and share it with your friends, fans, and followers wherever you get your podcasts. Check out the show notes for additional information about this week's guest, as well as a list of all the links and resources we discussed. Be sure to visit peoplefirstinprofit.com for a ton of great content, free resources, and links to the People First in Profit community. All right, I'm Adam Wilmore, and on behalf of your host, Don Mamoni, we'll see you next week.